0: The House bill that is known as the Help Not Harm Bill makes its way through the committee process within the first two days of the 2024 legislative session. What does the bill say and what's next for it? We'll talk about that. Joe Biden makes another trip to South Carolina recently. He went to Mother Emanuel AME Church down in Charleston. And turns out Christian nationalism is okay if you're African American or a Democrat. And he hedges his bet on something that might not work out for him. Plus, AOC re-emerges to give us her perspective on the border and voting. Plus, I have a little surprise for Mitch. I know he loves choir singing, so we'll look at a oh. special clip today yeah. on the Palmetto Family Matters show. <laughs> No, it's not going to be the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir. I saw plenty of candidates for that today. We're coming for your children, they said. Uh, that's not the case, but we have okay. a lot to get to today on Wednesday, January the 10th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. The show is brought to you by I Believe SC. Ibelievesc.net, where you can go to get your I Believe license plate, share the gospel with folks from around the state, simply by being in your vehicular transport and driving down the road. I Believe Ibelievesc.net. You know, we put out a magazine just recently talking about ending the scourge of the transgender ideology, specifically when it comes to gender reassignment, uh, gender... For children. For children. Yeah. Um, And that includes but is not limited to puberty blockers, hormone therapy, cross-hormone therapy, and, of course, gender reassignment surgery, a.k.a. genital mutilation. The Help Not Harm bill actually got a committee hearing on day one in the House 3M committee. That passed last night out of the subcommittee. Mm-hmm. Five to one, favorable report goes to the full committee. That hearing was today. In fact, we're recording this about 25 minutes or so after getting back from uh, the State House and the Capitol complex. That bill passed overwhelmingly in the full committee just a few moments ago. Technically, it was in the afternoon.
1: We say overwhelmingly because we're not good at numbers.
0: And, um, I couldn't quite make out the count whether it was 13 4 or I, 14 was, five it was somewhere yeah, in there yeah
1: it, there there are uh, 18 members of that subcommittee so it couldn't be 14, committee five. so I think it was 13 to four but if you got our email which thank you for signing up for our action alerts and email updates right um, we said overwhelming and we'll mm-hmm. stick to that here on the show
0: I'm not a I'm again I'm not a mathematician so i I refuse to uh, Make any sort of. We know when there's a majority. I, I know when something is a majority, and that's all that really matters. So let's look at the bill, really quickly the um, the help not harm bill, and I'm trying to get to it on my computer, but we have it, uh, House Bill four six two four. Because I'm also apparently struggling with a bit of dyslexia, so I can't type in numbers correctly. This bill, it's it's very simple, and I think it's mostly outlined, Mitch, in the definition section. What is a gender reassignment procedure? We start with the idea of cross-sex hormones being given, and what gender is, and what gender reassignment surgery is, what gender transition is, and what those procedures look like. Now, I will give you full disclosure. You can go back and watch the committee hearing if you want to but I can give you a a summation of it right now, a summation. The debate in committee quickly dwindled down to whether teachers should or should not out children. We should be paying teachers more and stop worrying about this. There are a lot of school shootings happening, so we need to worry about that. This isn't happening here, so we don't need to worry about it. But also, school shootings are happening everywhere, so we need to worry about them here. The only reason we're focused on this piece of legislation is not because we care about children, but because we serve a political ideology, and because 22 other states have done it, so therefore we have to. Have I completed all the arguments that were for it? Yep. And simply simply for it, children shouldn't be making these types of decisions— When they're children. Yep. Now, personally, I don't believe these types of things should be available to you even if you're an adult. I don't believe you have a constitutional right to lop off your genitalia. I don't don't believe the framers intended that. Now, when it comes to this bill, it did pass. But I'm interested, Mitch, that everyone didn't talk about the elephant in the room. Everyone immediately went for pronouns, dressing differently. Teachers shouldn't be able to do this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. And no one said... I believe children have the right to have their breasts and genitals removed
1: or to be chemically castrated.
0: No one stood on the table and said that. No, I, I think they I, left at, that at court some point quiet. at some point on the house floor debate, I need somebody to pose that question. Yeah. At some point that question's going to have to be posed because what we're doing is we're backing our way down into What is typical of leftist ideology, and that's we need to go emotive. Mm -hmm. We need to go emotive. This is an emotionally charged issue. I was watching people in the committee room crying.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Over a piece of legislation that just passed a committee. Yeah. So it is an emotional issue. However, at the basest of levels, we can't believe that eight-year-olds should be able to permanently— change their body based on a dysphoric notion that they are a different sex than they are right that's i mean that's just the basic level of this so
1: and and for those of you out there that have read the bills once again it's H4624 you go to the state house website or to our website and get the information on that bill. It's either scstatehouse.gov or powdofamily.org. You can go and learn more about the bill. One of the big concerns, and for those that follow this kind of legislation and are fairly new to the process, and and God bless you. Thank you for your work. Um, one of the things that we have to be careful of during this process, the legislative process, is that we don't um, don't completely wed ourselves to the initial language. Now, the initial language is preferred. It is the strongest language we believe that could pass the state house legislative process muster. Mm -hmm. But in the committee process, in floor debate, and then we do that all over again when it crosses over to the other house, in this case from the house to the senate, that process happens again. Yes. When people touch things they um, they touch them they 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 handle them they especially charged issues like this one there have been a few amendments we're waiting for those to post to the State House website so that we can share those in there um, it be very concise with how we share them with you instead of making uh, wide swath uh, or brush wide brush strokes. The other question that is being asked here, there's a particular um, portion of the bill, Justin, I, I want to read part of it. I won't read all of it, um, but there, it's, it's uh, section 4442-320, subsection C, speaks about those who would or could possibly, uh, who are minors, currently be, under the age of 18, who could currently be on Cross-sex hormones. I'll, I'll, I'll read it. It says, if prior to August 1st, 2024, a healthcare professional initiated a course of treatment that includes the prescription, delivery, or administration of a puberty-blocking puberty drug or a cross-sex hormone to a person under the age of 18, and if the healthcare professional determines the docu- and documents... In the person's medical record, that immediately terminating the person's use of the drug or homo- hormone would cause harm to the person because we believe in help, not harm. The healthcare professional may institute a period, which the per- during which the person's use of the drug hormone is systematically reduced. It's it's a sunset clause in the not a true set, true sunset in the sense of the way most legislation works on on systematically reducing the medication of the prescribed patient under the age of 18. This period may not extend beyond January 31st of 2025. So if I'm doing the math on that, August, September, October, November, December, January, that's right, that's six months, which medical professionals who have purposefully weaned a patient off of these sort of drugs, whether cross-sex hormones, whether puberty blockers, have said six months is adequate time to transition a patient off of the drugs there are those right now who are saying ah maybe we should um, keep those who are currently prescribed Justin you and I have been told that there aren't any minors in the state of South Carolina currently on these drugs I've been
0: told this isn't happening
1: if there are whatever that number is whether it's you know 1300 2400 3700 I'm not sure whether there are or not, those patients should be grandfathered or kept in that system
0: in Which perpetuity. The complete opposite of what the bill would say.
1: Absolutely. And whether that's uh, a bipartisan effort or not, it goes against the spirit of the bill. It, it virtually guts the bill on its face. Mm-hmm. And it's not appropriate. There's a there's a systematic sunset in the bill to allow patients the opportunity to get off in a safe and helpful way. Yeah. But if it's not happening, yeah. we don't need well, to worry it's, about it's, that.
0: It's not happening, and it's not happening so much that on the front side of the state capitol right now, uh, which is technically the backside on the Street side. I took a picture of the transgender flag that was draping the State House steps as well. And and again, I I, I want to be extremely clear with what I'm about to say. Um, you have the right to protest. You you have the right to do whatever you want to do in the constitutional Absolutely. system that we have. However, I find that objectionable. This in this case, I find it objectionable. If it's not happening, there's that's a lot of people telling me it's not happening. That's a lot of people telling me that this isn't an issue. That's a ton of people telling me this isn't an issue. And again, I, you know, the purpose of this legislation, and I hope it, hope it's understood, and it's not by the other side, and I get that. The purpose of this legislation is not a Salem witch trial witch hunt no. to try to find every transgender kid in under a rock and force them to die by the sword. The goal of this legislation is to bring us a little bit back to the ideals that we held about five minutes ago, which was that a boy is a boy from the start, a girl is a girl from the beginning. I believe, I believe Mr. Rogers sang that song. <laughs> and that if you are struggling with this gender dysphoria, it is incumbent upon the society in which you live in to seek to help you not harm you, Orwellianly enough, he said easily, we have decided that it is helpful for a small child, and again, I I have my own issues with the fact that a parent can say, well, my 24-year-old, and I'm not going to tell you where I heard this in the committee room, my (sighs) 24-year-old is transgender and so is my 8-year-old. What are the odds what are the odds that both of your children are transgender? What are the odds that I both of your children I know are going with this, do and do I was told
1: dysphoria? that no one would choose this life.
0: No one. No, 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 no. I was told the opposite. Wait, you were? Yeah. I've been told both sides. I've been told that you were born this way. Okay. But I've also been told that this is their choice. Hmm. I've been told both. What are the odds that both children, born 16 years apart, are both, are, A, gender dysphoric. Is there influence there? The odds are it's a social contagion. The point is, the point is we're not making fun of people. No. This is a bill that is designed to increase mental health capabilities to help these children, not to push them towards surgical uh, sutures and medications right. that increase the possibility of brain tumors, that increase the probability... By the way, I'm just going to say it. more. There are studies that show those who go through these processes are more likely to experience suicidal ideation than those who don't. A Swedish
1: study uh, tells us that they are about 19 one point, uh, 19, 19.1 per, times... My goodness, we're getting it all mixed up. 19 times more likely to commit suicide um, once they've crossed that threshold and made irreparable changes to their body. And we could talk about the reasons why. Um, And while I would not offer this necessarily as public testimony uh, at the state house, I will suggest that one of the reasons why is because God designed two people, male and female, and multiple times, including old Testament and new Testament passages including the words of Jesus mm-hmm. he quotes the Old Testament and says God made male and female and created them in his image yes and so that's part of the issue
0: and and for me personally I take the words of Jesus very seriously yeah I find them to be important Matthew 186. He says, "Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin." So he's so he's. This is right after he says, "Bring the little children, uh, permit them to come unto me," and and he and he ministers to these children, and and these children, I'm sure, are not exactly all well behaved. What do you sitting mean quietly? I thought,
1: I thought New Testament children were you know, sitting like quietly
0: pain. and and observing. I've got, the, I've got the Bible religious decorum. I've got the Bible art to prove otherwise, right? But he says, "Whoever causes one of these little ones to who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck." By the way, millstones aren't small. They're. I saw one. Uh, a first-century millstone. They're huge. Some of them can weigh over a ton. If you're if you're wrapping that around your neck, you ain't you ain't swimming out of that sea. All right. So that's how we're looking at this. We're going to keep you updated on where help not harm goes next. I can tell you where it goes next. It goes to the House floor and. House leadership
1: is telling us that most likely will be on the House floor next week. What day, we're not
0: quite sure. And based on the rules committee results today, which we won't get into
2: today.
1: No.
0: We will not get into, but, uh, I mean, if you are plugged into the South Carolina political landscape, you know that there could be some changes coming to how debates are held on the House floor. Now, whether you agree or disagree with that, not my business, don't care right now. That goes to committee today. We could see a more expedited debate, is what I'm saying, as opposed to what we saw for heartbeat or uh, Human Life Protection Act. Mm-hmm. It, you, you could see it move within the day. As Somewhat opposed, rapidly. As opposed to a two or three day uh, yep. process where you're there until 2 a.m. Yep. and the computers break.
1: And <laughs> yes, once again, Justin is correct. We won't jump into that rules change. Not at all. But if you would like to receive more action alerts, email updates, uh, text Uh, I'm sorry, not text, push notifications on your phone about issues just like the Help Not Harm bill that's currently making its way through the legislative process, I'll encourage you to either go to PalmettoFamily.org and or download the Palmetto Family Council app where you'll get all of those updates, including a button where you can support Help Not Harm and make sure that children in the state of South Carolina are safe from the harms of transgender ideology.
0: We next move to the President of the United States, and we'll try to keep this show brief he, I hear today. he was here yesterday. He was in Charleston speaking. It was actually two days ago. It was Monday. That's right. Yeah, he was speaking at Mother Emanuel AME Church, the site of a horrific shooting back in uh, Correct. June of 2015. And again, we continue to um, mourn the lives that were lost that day. It's hard to believe. It's been almost nine years yeah. uh, since that happened. Um, and, and again, one of those who was— tragically killed that night uh, was a senator. Senator Clementa Pinckney. Senator Clementa Pinckney. And so um, if if you're in the state house, if you go into the Senate Mm -hmm. chamber, you see the portrait of Senator Pinckney. So we continue to remember those who lost their lives. However, I've been told Mitch reliably, and and again, part of me understands this, that, actually I don't understand this part. I've been told that, that, Christian nationalism is the greatest threat to America right now. What is Christian nationalism? Being political in a church. That's what I've been told. Now, I also agree that in some levels, the church should abstain from specific candidate promotion I personally, I don't believe pastors should get up and say, you need to vote for X person That's or correct. Y person. That's
2: correct, based on the Johnson pastors, Amendment.
0: Pastors within their role as a shepherd of the flock should encourage their folks to get involved in the political system vote and vote values. biblical values. However, if a pastor says that, they are labeled as a Christian nationalist. Now, Joe Biden goes to Mother Emanuel AME, and I have the transcript here. As always, don't just listen to it. Read it.
1: It's a word-word salad. So— How many times does he th- say thank you in I the first— I think it was
0: 11 times he said thank you. And then, and then, the crowd starts chanting, Four, Four more, more years. years. Four more years. Super Christian nationalist if you ask me. But but probably not because he's a Democrat and they're African-American, right? That's probably the difference. There's this there's this dichotomy and this double standard that we have set forward um, amongst ourselves. Now, President Biden then continues to talk. Uh, here we go. I was talking downstairs. I've spent more time in the Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware than most people I know, black or white, because that's where I started. Started the civil rights movement. He I used to go. Started the. I used to go to seven thirty mass. Then I'd go to the ten o'clock service with the reverend who was then running the church, who's now the bishop. She's the bishop. Are you? Uh, you're telling me?
1: Is he saying at a church or at Mother Emmanuel?
0: At the Bethel A.M.E. Church. Oh, in Okay. Wilmington, I'm Delaware. sorry. I misunderstood. That's Justin. still not correct. You scared that's
1: me. That's still not correct. It's like, that's still get, a lie. how did he get from mass I don't in care Wilmington? That's still to, a lie.
0: How, well, that's still a lie. Okay. Have you seen how uncomfortable he was at Martin Luther King's church? Okay. He's not comfortable in an AME church. He has no clue what's going on, well, but that's pretty, that pretty much be... everywhere. Okay. On June 17, 2015, the beautiful souls invited a stranger into this church to pray with them, and the word of God was pierced by bullets in hate and rage, propelled not just by gunpowder but by a poison. A poison that's for too long haunted this nation. See, so, okay. so now he's drawing the distinction that the white supremacy— which it was that caused you-know-who to shoot nine people in this church yeah, and more, and more, shoot and kill nine people, was white supremacy. And that poison that infiltrated his mind, heart, and soul is the same poison that we deal with today, and that poison drives Donald Trump's campaign. And because it drives Donald Trump's campaign, any person who votes for Donald Trump is poisoned by white supremacy Mm. in that one sentence. It's ripped this nation apart, he says. He he continues on and, and plays to the crowd. I, I, I want to play you one clip. This is a two-parter. The first is from Hillary Clinton back in 2007, 2008, when she was running for president the first time.
1: And I will just say feigning a Southern accent, as You'll you will it. so
0: clearly. Although she is from Arkansas. No, she's not. Where is she from? She's from Arkansas by way of New York, by way of Chicago, by way of whatever state she's campaigning in. You better be careful. Don't care. I by the way, I just want to let it be known I am not think I am not depressed. I am not in any way experiencing All right. All right. mental right. health issues. Just Dry, want to put that out there. Drywall. So <laughs> Christmas ornaments. Here's this clip from Hillary Clinton, and then you'll hear it split with Joe Biden from yesterday. And tell me what you hear. I don't feel no ways tired, i come too far from where I started from, nobody told me that the road would be easy, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me.
1: We've come too far from where we started, nobody told me the road would be easy, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. My fellow Americans, I don't think the good Lord brought us this far to leave us behind.
0: So they're quoting a song, yeah. which is fine, all well and good. We'll get into choral singing later. Huh. Um, the The big thing is Joe Biden is trying to play to a base of black voters. That's what Democrats have done for the better part of... Uh, of the last 30 or 40 years, here's what's interesting. In 2000, just 53.5% of black voters showed up to vote. George Bush won that election. Al Gore won the popular vote, but George Bush won the election. In 2008, when Barack Obama was on the ballot, that number jumped to a record 60.8%, and Obama won. In 2012, 62%. But then when Barack Obama was not on the ballot in 2016, it dropped to 55.9% and Hillary lost the election. When Joe Biden won in 2020, that number rebounded to almost 59%. And voters in the 2020 election went for Joe Biden 92 to 8. Voters of color, by the way, represented Joe Biden 4 in 10 of his votes. The black vote is extremely important for him in 2024, Because unlike other voters who voted disproportionately by mail in 2020 and probably won't show up the same way this time around, black voters overwhelmingly showed up and voted in person in 2020. But, of course, this is par for the course for Joe Biden, because if you remember, in 2012, Joe Biden told a group of individuals that Mitt Romney—that's right, Mitt Romney—was going to put black people back in chains— this is what he does. He panders to race. He panders to identity politic. Then something happened in the middle of the speech. There was a, a moment where an audience member shouted, if you really care about the lives lost here, then you should honor the lives lost and call for a ceasefire in Palestine. To which they then began to shout, cease fire now, cease fire now, cease fire now, cease fire now. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. But, of course, that was drowned out by people chanting four more years. Now, the president, the president could have had a moment. Remember in 1992, I wasn't alive, but I learned history. In 1992, there was an African-American, prominent African-American Democrat who said that the folks in L.A. were right, the black folks were right to kill white folks Because they always talk about black folks killing black folks. Well, maybe if they kill white folks, then people start to understand what's going on. Are
1: you talking about the honorable reverend?
0: I'm not talking about, no, 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 no. Okay. There's something different. Okay. But in that moment, Bill Clinton was asked about that. And he said, if David Duke said that, we'd have problems. Basically, he was saying, if we just took the words and reversed them, Mm -hmm. everyone would have a problem. But no one has a problem with this? No, this is still wrong. Yeah. Joe Biden had the opportunity two days ago in this moment to say, no, 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 no. Hamas is bad. And Israel has the right to defend themselves.
1: Why would he do that?
0: He then instead said, "I understand their passion." And see, that's the thing. I understand their passion. I understand their passion when people when when people uh, riot in Ferguson. They're passionate. Sure. In 2020, the summer of love, when we were burning police cars and literally killing people, eh, it's passion. They're passionate. When rogues break into the capital, it's an insurrection. But for certain people, it's their passion. I've been working quietly. I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. Help me understand, they haven't been in Gaza since 2006. Is the president saying here that he's been in conversations to try to get Israel to stop their military operation? That appears to be what he's saying here, and here's why. Here's why. We have a president who is beholden to the wild left flank of his party and therefore doesn't take a solid position on anything, Hmm. anything. He will play to whatever side he has to play to in order to get the vote and the support.
1: Well, and that goes back to something that we've talked about a couple of times. There's a vacuum of leadership. We have too many experts and not enough people with wisdom, and we have too many people that will pander to every whim, that will bend to every wind that comes about. Um, And, you know, not to quote Aaron Tippin too much, but if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Um, And really what we have here is a president who trying to be conciliatory and um, as Justin has said a few times, pander to all, he will um, go for anything. And the problem with that is that you never know what you're for. And we've had other leaders in the not-so-distant past who have done the same thing. Well, he's this, he's that. He's that. No, he's anything he needs to be in the room he's in in order to either get money or votes from the right people. And so when he goes to the next room, oh man, I'm I'm the biggest I'm the biggest supporter of NASCAR ever. And he gets in the next room. I love British English Premier Soccer, you know, football, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, I'm picking sports as you know, kind of the the non-inflammatory um, topic. But you know, that's like the guy that that buys the hometown jersey when he gets to a new place instead of just saying, you know what, I, I'm a you know. I'm a um, ball tech fan. Yeah. But he he shows up in in Baton Rouge, Louisiana and is like LSU all the way, baby.
0: Yeah. You put on whatever hat endears you the most. So that's the latest on Joe Biden. Meanwhile, you've got people openly talking that haven't talked in a while. Michelle Obama did. Now they're trotting out AOC again. Here's AOC talking about elections. Be illuminated.
2: What they're using... And what they're doing is taking impeachment and taking all of the most serious procedures that we have as a country, and they're learning to use it for political, they're politically weaponizing it for an election purpose, for a political purpose. And in doing so, they're putting the people of this country, everyday Americans, absolutely at the bottom of the barrel, and they're putting themselves first. Mm. It's a selfishness that, that really endangers this country it endangers our electoral process it endangers our legal process it's deeply cynical and it's done to reelect themselves and line their own pockets
1: pot meat wait, kettle
0: wait hold on she's complaining that republicans who are trying to impeach biden and mayorkas are doing it for purely political reasons excuse me excuse me i have two of these take place in the matter of two years Explain to me what we're doing here. It's like, it, it, did all of them read 1984 and think it was a good idea to do what the party did? Is that is that really what we're doing here? She was then on The Daily Show. That's still around. Jon Stewart hasn't hosted it in years. And neither has Trevor Noah, Noah. Trevor
1: Noah. They, or... Al
0: Franken hosted it the other night. You can believe that? Al Franken. <sighs> Here's... Here's AOC talking about borders. Remember, she knows a lot about them because she went to one and cried.
2: From all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now, you can fix that by trying to build a wall, or you can fix that by trying to document people and create a path to citizenship. Mm -hmm. And, um... That might say, look at these systems, you know, that our shelter system has weight and things like that. But one of the reasons that our public systems experience weight is because people don't have a documented and reliable path to work and sustain themselves. Mm. Just like all of our ancestors did and our, and our grandparents and great-grandparents.
0: So her, her solution to the border crisis is just document them. <laughs> Don't stop it. Keep it coming. <laughs> Border wide open? Cool. Document them. Yeah, I'm trying to remember
1: who it was, was talking about the migration problem that we currently have in our country where we've legally and illegally, um, any time that, and, and illegally, obviously, because anyone who skips anybody in line to get here um, should be sent to the back of the line uh, or just completely turned away. The issue we have right now is we have no sovereign border. Sure, we have no sovereign border at our southern border, Correct. our northern border, our ports of entry. Correct. Whether those are water, air, I think that I've covered just about all of it. Underground, maybe I don't know. Um, subterranean entry ports. I don't. I don't think that's a thing. But um, we what we have here is an issue with no sovereign borders, and then we are. Our infrastructure is challenged, and I mean that in every way, shape, and form, not just the roads we drive on, but the, the police and fire and EMS that we come to rely upon in order to keep us safe. All of it is challenged when we have a boom in documented or undocumented people coming into the country. Now, I still believe in the words expressed by Lady Liberty that stands as a bastion of freedom in the New York Harbor, give me your tired, give me your poor, give me your huddled masses, um, as we talked about last week. And they're
0: seeking to, uh, no? No, no. Okay.
1: Um, you know, I, I still agree with that. I think that the path towards citizenship is one that should be um, careful, carefully um, taken. And the concern I have is you know we we've got a lot of people trying to get into our country and and I understandably so, how many people we allow in should be based on how many we can reasonably, thoughtfully sustain. If you you know let and and I I would do everything in my power to keep as many people safe from a bad guy if he were right outside my house, but if if this is, hey, you've got good food in your house and you've got a warm bed in your house, chances are if I let too many people in my house, the food's not going to be as good and there won't be as much space in the bed. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be careful. Uh, When we've got bad guys, and there are bad guys out there, they're called cartels, they're called terrorists, um, we have to protect people. right? But that doesn't mean that we let everybody... Uh, legally or illegally, specifically illegally, come and it, come into our country without the right way of doing so.
0: One final thing today. Here's the surprise for Mitch. Uh, this is from 2022, so forgive me, but it's just it's making its rounds. It's just making its rounds, and I wanted uh, us to all enjoy it together. So. Um, Stacey Abrams and uh, Ida B. We- I- Ida Bay Wells made a made a song, and a choir performed it at a Unitarian church. So uh, here you go.
1: For for With
2: and for all.
0: So, I, it's still like a half song left. I'm, I'm done. I'm tired. Um, what'd you think? I mean. I mean, lyrically, it's not the best. I thought melodically, it was good. I like the cello. It's
1: it's it the beat. it's ominous. The cello is ominous.
0: Stacey Abrams not only writes steamy romance novels, but she can also write songs.
1: And I'm guessing she's good, at just about as good at both as that song being governor. Clearly, yeah. What? Well, listen, she's still the governor of Georgia.
0: So love, your you. Rights, love you, governor. Your Kemp. rights, your rights depend. <laughs> go bulldog. Your rights depend. Keep on chopping. Your rights depend on whether you live in the right state. I find that interesting because that's not in the Constitution. Your rights depend on whether you can afford valid ID. My favorite part is when they start doing the valid ID.
1: Valid. Yeah, it's a chamber um, chamber music yeah, approach. At, uh, it's,
0: it's thoughtful. That's not true because you can get a free ID here in the United States of America. Also, how racist of you to think that certain people can't afford it just because of their race? It's weird. And I'm just going to put this out there you the,
1: uh, someone's going to someone's going to write me hate mail. Um just You lean don't have into a va- you don't have a valid ID, but you can afford the cell phone in your pocket.
0: Well, that's different. Hum. That's different.
1: Um By the way, uh-huh. you need valid ID to get into a rock concert.
0: Correct. Sporting event, government building, uh,
1: uh I don't know about that, but
0: hosp- in some case in some cases. Yeah. Uh post office all, if you want to send mail, you probably need to know who you are. You need, to have a valid li- you need to have a valid address.
1: And last time I checked, and I could be wrong, but Social Security numbers are provided at birth.
0: They are. That is correct. No charge. Driver's licenses, you'd have to go, like, get one.
1: 16 bucks. Yeah. 20, I mean, I, I haven't bought... A, I haven't had mine renewed in a while, I guess.
0: I think it's like 20, 15
1: 20 25 Organ donor saves you a few bucks. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Either way, <laughs> this is the vision of America that some
1: have. You know why... You, don't want, you want to know why you don't understand this? Because you, you don't have the same shared experience.
0: I don't have the lived experience. In the words of Nancy Mace, maybe I have too much white privilege. Um, That's from a Hunter Biden hearing today. She said he had too much white privilege, which, well, no, again, don't he, use their arguments.
1: Uh, he suffers from affluenza. <laughs> Daddy was just a little too, too much, rich for his good Too much nose candy um, Well, there's that too
0: Might be a product of affluence. We'll keep you updated on the help-not-harm legislation We yep. thank you so much for <laughs> good watching turk. Good job, uh, good job Yeah, I try Thank you so much for listening To the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show In the state of South Carolina You'll be able to watch us later on this week We're we'll sorry We'll actually appear on camera you want to learn more about palmetto family we've already mentioned it before palmettofamily.org you can go there if you want to subscribe to our email newsletter that's there download the app uh get subscribed to our email newsletter uh like share five star rating review our show here we appreciate it as always you are what makes us the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state for our entire staff at palmetto family for mitch prosser i'm justin hall Longing to see a world in which all people understand what exactly we have here in the United States of America, which is a representative constitutional republic and not a democracy. Here, here. This has been the a Family Matters Show.